May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Well, good morning. Welcome to Parkway Fellowship. Glad y'all are here this morning. Also want to welcome our North Campus watching via video this morning. Glad you guys are here as well. So you all remember the famous nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but everybody say it with me, words can never hurt me. Well done. Yep. Great job. We all remember that nursery rhyme. And by now we all know it's a total lie. Words can hurt. And sometimes very badly. And there are times that we would have probably rather have had a broken bone, because a broken bone can heal in about six to eight weeks. But a harsh word, that can hurt and linger for years and years and years. Now, growing up, it was pretty easy to pick on me. I know, shocking. Um, here's my last name, right here. It's pronounced Jungblut. Spelled J-U-N-G-E-B-L-U-T. Middle school, not the best of last names. Here's a picture of me on my sixth grade yearbook. Oh, I know. Here is a picture of an actual signing of the back of my yearbook. Yo, jungle butt. (laughs) It's true. It's true. If you move the L in my last name two places to the left, my last name spells jungle butt. Try getting through junior high with that last name. Yeah. It wasn't so much the one comment that hurt, it was the overwhelming amount of jungle butts. And then as we grew older, the descriptive language and jungle butt turned into everything that you can imagine. The problem was is that it was so much that I felt at times that my last name was not part of my identity, but that jungle butt was my identity. It's who I was, it's who defined me. And that hurt. Words are very, very powerful. And words are very crucial to every relationship that we have. Often the words that we use in those relationships dictate the strength of those relationships that we have. Because we have phrases like, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm sorry, will you please forgive me? You mean so much to me. But we also have phrases like, I hate you. You're worthless. Why can't you be more like your brother or sister? I don't love you anymore. Words are so powerful that even at times the absence of words can hurt. You see, we say that we understand the power of words, but I'm not sure that we really do. I think if we fully understood how powerful our words were, we would be extremely cautious in every single word that left our mouth. So for this next series, called Say What, we're gonna take a look at our mouths. Because what we say carries an extreme amount of power. During this series, we're gonna take a look at what the Bible says about the power of our words. We're gonna take a look at what the Bible says that God says about who we are. We're gonna look at how to heal from harsh words that have been spoken to us. And we're gonna take a look at how to handle our words in a season of conflict. When, a, when stakes are high, our emotions can be even higher. So today as our launching point, I want us to take a look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. If you haven't gotten your sermon notes out yet, please go ahead and do so. While you get those out and you get your pen ready, I want to remind you that the book of Proverbs was solely written, uh, primarily written, by King Solomon of the Old Testament, who is the wisest man to have ever lived. 
So let's look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I want you to underline death or life and circle the word reap for me. Underline death or life and circle the word reap. There's a lot of concepts going on in this one verse that Solomon is trying to communicate to us. I had you circle death or life because our words are not neutral. This is extremely key. Words are not neutral, they fall into two camps, death or life. And Solomon is very clear that we will reap the consequences of the words that we speak. This series is so crucial because the consequences of death are severed relationships, despair, loneliness, divorce, insecurities, lies, fear, I could go on. But when you speak death, those are the consequences that you reap. But the consequences of life are joy, hope, healthy relationships, love, acceptance, confidence, and peace. When you speak life, those are the consequences that you will reap. So today, we only have one goal, one key takeaway for today's message, and here it is. That I commit to choose my words wisely because what I say will speak life or death. I commit to choose my words wisely because what I say will speak life or death. You have to be wise with your words. Now, quick side note, this also goes for type. So any email, any text, just because you didn't say it audibly does not remove the power or change everything. It's not like this is a loophole that God didn't think about when he was writing the Bible. Oh, I didn't think of text messages. No, that's not the case. If you type it, it's the exact same thing. And if you repost, share, like, or whatever you're gonna do, somebody else's words, it's as if you said them yourself. This is extremely important. Our words are so powerful. They will, not can or maybe, they will speak life or death. Now look, before we get into the details of what this looks like in your life, I, I want to start off by saying, if you head into this series with the mindset of, yeah, I probably do need to watch what I say. I, I need to clean my language and I I'm gonna gonna work harder than I have been. But the reality is is that you might be successful, but only for a little while. But true transformation of the way that you talk is solely found in Jesus Christ. It's the only way that true life change is gonna happen. See, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again three days later, conquering of sin and death, he gave us the ability and the access to have a relationship with God by making Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. And when we become Christ followers, the Holy Spirit literally resides inside of us. And so because of the Holy Spirit, the power that we have in us as Christ followers, if our motivation is to follow Christ more fully because of the relationship that we have with him, then true life change can take place when we desire to work on changing the way that we talk 
and realizing the power of our language. So it starts with Jesus Christ. So let's dive a little bit deep into what this looks like with our lives. So how do my words have the power to speak life or death? Here's your first fill-in. Number one, words have the power to create. Words have the power to create. Genesis chapter one, verse three. Then God said, let there be light. Verse six, and God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. Verse nine, and God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, let dry ground appear. Verse 11, then God said, let the land produce vegetation. Do you see a recurring theme in here? God said. You know, when my kids go to create, they use their hands. When you and I go to create, we immediately think of our hands building something. But when God went to create the universe, he used his spoken voice. Could have used his hands, but he used his mouth. And if you stop and think about it, words and spoken mouth is more effective at creating what really matters. Here's an example. My eight-year-old daughter, Avery, when she was learning how to read, she's incredibly smart, but she would get so frustrated when she would come across a word that she didn't understand, couldn't sound it out, and she wanted just to throw her book against the wall and be done with it. Well, speaking death and creating insecurities and fear in her would have been saying, you know what, you're right, Avery, you're not smart enough. Those words are very difficult. You need to go learn more before we pick that book up again, I'm sorry. Creating fear, creating those insecurities, creating doubt. But when you speak life and words have the power to create, I come alongside him and I say, Avery, God has given you an amazing mind and you are incredibly smart. You can do this and I'm so proud of you because you're the characteristic of perseverance. And when things are tough, you continue to persevere. So let's get that book, let's sound these words out together because you can do this. See how it works? See, as you begin to create those godly characteristics in others, see, here's how that plays out later in life when she's facing a struggle a little bit bigger than reading. She knows, hey, I'm smart, God's given me an amazing mind, and I persevere. So when the world tells her to quit or to stop, that she can't do it, she knows that she can persevere because it's a characteristic that we built into her. See how this works? We get it with a little simple example. Let's take a little more serious one. It's a prayer request that I get quite often throughout the year. Wives come up to me and they say, Adam, would you please pray for my husband? That they will become the spiritual leader in our marriage and in our family. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, I will pray for you. But at the same time, have you ever thought of creating that in him because of the Holy Spirit inside of you? A lot of times I get this blank stare. Let me tell you what I mean. Whenever you see your husband showing even the slightest hint of leading spiritually, I want you to stop. I want you to speak directly to it. I want you to say thank you. Thank you because the initiative that you took, the comment that you said is exactly what this family needs. You are a fantastic spiritual leader. Been praying for you. This is what we need. Thank you so much. This is benefiting our entire family, our family lineage spiritually. Well, how does that feel? That feels fantastic. 
He's going to do that more often. But if you say a comment like, it's about time you did something spiritually in this family, <laughs> not going to go over so well. All right, let's use another example. This is fun to talk about here. Let's say you want your kids to do a better job of their chores and take more initiative around the house, whether they're two years old or 22 years old. They're 22, I'm sorry. <laughs> the next time you catch one of your kids, even doing the slightest bit of chores, I want you to stop everything. I want you to go up to them and I want you to say thank you. Thank you so much for taking the initiative and helping this family and this house run. I want you to talk about how great and excellent of a job that they are doing. I want you to explain to them how the little job they're doing is greatly affecting the entire family, making the family's day better. I want you to give them a hug, say great job, and just walk off. Here's what I bet. I bet they're gonna finish that job with excellence. I'd be willing to bet they do another chore after that without you even asking. I'd also be willing to bet that if it's sweeping the floors you commented on, they're gonna sweep the floors more often. Because you created that in them. You created that, that diligence and that excitement. If you caught your kids doing chores, you made a comment of, hey, finally you're doing some chores around the house. By the way, you missed a spot and I would do it like this. Are they gonna do them? No. But look, it doesn't just stop there. You can create godly characteristics in your coworkers, in your friends, the people in your small group, in your children's friends. It is incredibly fun when you use the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you to create those godly characteristics. On the flip side, I'd be willing to bet that some of the struggles that you're dealing with in relationships is because characteristics were created by the power of your mouth that you're not happy with now. And you're dealing with those consequences. Well, praise God that words are strong enough to take any habit, bad, negative, ungodly habit, and break them and create new ones in their place. Words have the power to create. Well, what's our second one? Our second point that we have today is that words have the power to shape my environment. Words have the power to shape my environment. James chapter three, verse five says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. James is saying here is that a very small spark can create an environment of a huge, dramatic, dangerous forest fire. Now, think about this for a second. Has anybody said one small quick word to you and it ignited a fire inside of you and you wanted just to blow up because of the emotions that it invoked? One word, harsh, quick, negative, sharp word to you and you're dying on the inside. That's the idea. That's the picture that James is painting here. See, we have the ability to shape, to shape environments with our words just like a spark has the ability to shape the environment of a forest fire. Look, whenever you show up at home from being gone, whenever you show up to work in the morning, whenever you show up at a friend's house, whenever you go have lunch with a friend, whenever you show up in an environment at a kid's practice, people come over to your house. Through your words, you have the ability to shape that entire environment. Let me give you an example. This morning, when you walk through the doors, if the greeters didn't say, hey, good morning, glad you're here, welcome to Parkway Fellowship. Let's say when you walk through the doors, one of the greeters says, woof, you're having a rough morning based on the way you look today. 
How's church going to go for you? That's all you're going to be thinking about. That's it. One comment shaped the entire environment of church for you. Yeah, it's pretty serious, isn't it? When you come home, whether you've been gone at work, whether you've been running errands, doesn't matter. You've been away for a while and you come home. The words that you speak in those next few moments have the power to shape the environment of your entire house. If you come home and you're excited to see everybody, asking about their day, telling them how much you miss them, how much you love them, highlight the things that got done in their day or at the house or or whatever it may be. You're setting the environment of a life-giving environment. If you walk in the door and you're negative, you're negative, you're in a bad mood, you're sharp, you're quick with your responses, you don't ask what's going on, you're negative, you complain about what didn't get done, not ready to go to the next event, whatever it may be, the entire environment of your house has changed. You've all been there before, you know exactly what that's like. Here's where sarcasm can be so deadly. And I'm gonna be honest up front, this is an area that I've struggled with. There have been times I've made a sarcastic comment that has been way over the line and extremely inappropriate, and it hurts deeply. But the scariest part is, I didn't even know I was close to the line. You see, sarcasm, while It may be funny, it can begin to shape an environment that is overly critical, condescending, and negative, all in the name of humor. Like, I even had somebody tell me one time that sarcasm was their spiritual gift. (laughs) That's embarrassing. Your spiritual gift is to be bent toward a negative, harsh, and critical language? I mean, come on here. Look, sarcasm is like lighting a match and dropping it close to a gas station. If it goes off, it is a massive explosion that hurts very, very deeply. Very, very rarely can sarcasm build and create a godly environment and godly characteristic in others. Because normally in the name of humor, it's negative, critical, harsh, and it is not life speaking. Be very careful when it comes to sarcasm. All right, so what's number three? Number three is words have the power to undermine my worship of God. Words have the power to undermine my worship of God. Look at James 3, nine through 10. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. As Christ followers, we desire to worship. We're commanded to worship God, our heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, out of what he has done for us. Because the Holy Spirit is in us, it is a desire that all of us as Christ followers have. Now, I know that worship is way more than just the music that we sing and hear on a Sunday, but since we just experienced it, well, let's talk about it. For a handful of you this morning, you came in and were immediately ushered into worship. You had an amazing experience telling God how great he was in this place. For another group of you, you came in and it was a struggle. Whether you tried or not, you tried to connect through worship and it just, 
It just didn't, it just didn't happen. Well, according to James 3, 9 through 10, there's way more going on than just singing to music. You see, James is saying that if you've been careless with your words all week, if you've struggled to speak life in certain areas, then there's an inerrant hypocrisy to coming into this place, flipping the switch, and worshiping God. It just doesn't work like that. This is what James is saying, it should not be. Now, can you? Yeah, you know, there are, there are probably times that you've been careless with your words. There are times that you have come in here, you've been careless all week, and you're able to connect through worship. But there should be some conviction in that. James is saying it shouldn't be that way. In a church our size, I'd be willing to bet that more than a few families this morning, whether at home or on the way to church, careless and harsh words were spoken. Maybe family was running a little bit late, somebody wasn't dressed, for whatever reasons, emotions and frustrations started getting high, and harsh and careless words were thrown out there. And that environment was created of negativity. You drove into the parking lot, and as soon as you hit in the parking lot, fake happy faces were put on. You walk into here, drop the kids off, whatever that may look like for you, and immediately try to praise and worship, and it's difficult. Look, let me tell you, it's not the praise and worship team's fault. They were fantastic this morning. The problem is, is that you're careless with your words all week, and then come in here and try to flip the switch and wonder where the disconnect is. James is saying it should not be. You can't be critical of your family, of the gifts that God has given you all week long, be negative to them, and then come in here and say thank you God for those very things that you were critical of all week. It doesn't work like that. And look, there's become this idea just in our society that some of the flippant cuss words, curse words, swear words, profane words, whatever you want to call them, some of the words that 10 years ago used to be complete faux pas, absolutely never to be spoken, now are acceptable in our society. Look, it's time to stop using cuss words. Honestly, it's just a sign of immaturity of expressing emotions. Because if you're still expressing your emotions now, as you did when you learned those words in the sixth grade, it shouldn't be. You can't be walking around all week long dropping F-bomb and then come in this place and tell God how great he is out of the same mouth. It doesn't work like that. Because the Holy Spirit's inside of you and you desire to worship, let me tell you how to blow the roof off this place. Let me tell you what it's gonna look like all week long. I want you to be very wise in your words and be sure to speak words that are full of life. I want you to be very cautious and be sure that you are creating godly characteristics in people. Be shaping godly environments when you walk in. Be very careful not to use sarcasm. I want you to build others up. I want you to reap the consequences of life. Then I want you to come back in here and all week long when you've been telling your family how great they are, and you come in this place, and you tell God how great he is for your family, you're going to immediately connect with him in worship. That's how you worship. That's what James is saying. That's what he's talking about. 
Look, there is a spiritual integrity that is found in the words that we speak to others coinciding with the words that we speak to God. Words have the power to undermine our worship. Now look, I know I've talked about a lot this morning. I know I've talked about a lot. I know I've absolutely covered a lot. Look, and there's probably a little bit of conviction in here because of not handling our words with the respect that they deserve. Praise God that the Holy Spirit in us gives us the power to change all of that. Look, next week, we're gonna take a look at exactly who God says we are and how to heal from the negative comments and the harsh words that have been spoken to us. Praise God we have this power. Praise God we can make an impact in our own life, reap the consequences of life, and change the environment and create godly characteristics in others while maintaining amazing worship with him. So right now, I want everybody this morning to take out your connection card, and let's take some next steps together. All right, how about this first one? I commit to choose my words wisely because of the power to speak life or death. Look, would you commit to choose your words wisely because of the power that comes with our language? Here's another great one. I will memorize Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love the talk will reap the consequences. Great verse to memorize, especially throughout this series. It's gonna be a great launching point for the rest of the series for us. Well, this third one, I will use my words to help create godly characteristics in those around you. Like I'm gonna be honest, when you begin to see the Holy Spirit using your words to create godly characteristics in others, it gets addictive. And it's a lot of fun, because you can see people's lives change by the words that you speak. It's gonna become a habit for you, I promise. Here's number four. I will use my words to shape godly environments in my life this week. Will you be sure, be very intentional in every environment that you walk in, to shape it in a godly manner. Change the entire environment and attitude of the environments you walk in with the words you speak. Here's this next one. I will be intentional with my words this week to prevent them from undermining my worship of God. Your test for this next step will be next Sunday. When you come back in this place, it'll be a test of how well you did all week long. I promise you, you will have amazing worship next week. When you make sure that out of your mouth comes praise, and life all week long, and then when you show up here on Sunday. Or this last one, I commit to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. Look, as I was talking earlier in the message about making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, there's never been a time where you've asked him to forgive you of all of your sins, all the mistakes you've made, and put your hope, faith, and trust in Jesus Christ. I'd love for that to be this morning. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes on the back, right below the next steps that we just went through. Just a couple moments, I'm gonna give you a chance to pray. If you wanna become a Christ follower today, I want you to pray that prayer and check this box right here as the next step because we'd love to follow up with you this next week and let you know how excited and proud we are of the decision that you made. But right now, no matter what next step you wanna take, I wanna give all of us a chance to pray and ask God for strength to follow through with our next steps this week. So would you go ahead and bow your head with me, please?
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you in this place and we say thank you. Thank you, thank you. God, because of you and us, God, we have the power with our words to create godly characteristics in others. God, we have the power to shape environments in a godly manner. God, we have the ability to have amazing worship with you. So Lord, we thank you so much that your word is so clear as to how you desire for us to talk to one another. Lord, I pray that you would help us this week. God, use any conviction that is in us to spur us on towards love and good deeds, to spur us on to following you more fully, especially when it comes to the area of our language. God, would you give us strength, God, through you to break those bad habits, to be intentional, God, in the ways that we speak to you and others that they would mirror each other, Lord. And so we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for what you're going to do in us this week. We love you and we ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.